This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily and these days more than daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Isabel Hardman and we just had the first television debate of the Tory leadership contest. Five candidates, I'm going to now name them, Rishi Sunak, Penny Mordaunt, Liz Truss, Kemi Badenoch and Tom Tegenhart all debated on various issues and were asked lots of questions from net zero to how they plan to fund tax cuts. James, what struck out most to you from the 90-minute debate we just saw? I think it was the key exchange was... I think there were two key exchanges, actually. The first was the key exchange between Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss on debt. And we can listen to that here. It is... It is Liz, we have to be honest. We we have to be honest. But borrowing your way out of inflation isn't a plan. It's a fairy tale. I think it is wrong to put yeah, taxes up because that is what we're talking about. I mean, this was the clearest exposition of the differences between the candidate on this key economic question. Rishi Sunak's view is that the answer to, to borrowing cannot be more borrowing. Liz Truss's argument is the US borrows less than the US, the global reserve currency, and Japan and Canada, so it can borrow more. And I mean, this is the fundamental difference. Are you a Thatcherite or a Reaganite? And... I think Liz Truss's answer ignores two things. One is that when Ronald Reagan was slashing taxes, the Paul Volcker's Federal Reserve was incredibly hawkish. It had the US interest rate at 16 17%. That's not the case today. And secondly, the US is a global reserve currency, so these things are less risky for the US than they are for the UK. But I thought that exchange, I thought we actually saw the kind of fundamental difference between Sunak and Truss and economics. Truss's argument is you can't raise taxes at this moment because it's going to hurt growth. Sunak's argument is you've got to grip inflation before you do anything else. I thought the second key exchange, which maybe we can listen to, was between Penny Morden, Liz Truss and Kevin Badenoch on gender self-ID. My understanding was that the previous minister who had done the role had wanted self-ID. And that was something that I reversed with uh, Liz. That's, that's not correct, and this will all be on record in, in government. It, it is on record. Right. Well, Liz Truss, you were also involved in this as an equalities minister. Who's right? Well, I'm not going to go around criticising other candidates the in this Liz. race. Because I think that actually comes to a point, which is Penny Morden has become the bookie's favourite at the moment, but I think this is a vulnerability for her because her account of self-ID is fundamentally different from two other candidates in the race, Liz Truss and Kevin Maddenock. And I mean, you saw that tonight. And I thought, I thought it was quite telling that when Kevin Maddenock was asked whether she trusted the other candidates on the stage, she said, I do because I, I you know, Tom Tugendhat looked after me when I was pregnant. Liz Truss and Rishi Zunat were my secretaries of state. And Penny Morton, I don't know, but I'm going to give the benefit of a doubt to, which was hardly a kind of ringing endorsement. And I think that does sum up a worry about this question of whether Penny Morden's account of the self-ID stuff actually tallies with what other people's accounts are. Isabel, let's look at the candidates individually. Ultimately, Rishi Sunak has been seen as the front runner. Penny Morden is now the bookie's favourite, and depending on who you speak to, is also can be viewed as the front runner in this. So Rishi Sunak's been under pressure in recent days. People said his campaign has been stalling. How do you think he fared tonight? I think he was 
obviously and understandably most confident uh, when the debate moved on to the economy and when he uh, started basically by pulling faces at the uh, of the candidates as they were making their pledges on tax cuts and then really started sort of almost chairing the debate and asking the questions of the of his fellow contenders uh, about their plans for tax cuts um, and about, uh, for instance, Liz Truss's pledges on borrowing. He ended up accusing her of, of basically selling a fairy tale. And then with um, with Tom Tugendhat, having progressively grinned and grimaced more throughout uh, the answers from the other candidates, uh, Rishi Sunak then burst out laughing at Tom Tugendhat for his, um, his point about the health and care levy. And I think that there was, a, there was a confidence there. He did leave the other candidates uh, really struggling to answer the questions on uh, why their pledges on tax cuts um, added up. But then if you look back at the, uh, the section on trust, which was the, the opening section, even though Rishi Sunak resigned from the government in the you know the dying days of the Johnson Premiership, and even though actually that's what, if you talk to a lot of people in number 10 what they feel did for Boris Johnson, even though he wasn't the first to resign and so on, he did still struggle on the point about trust. Why should we trust you? Why should we uh, really think that you stood up to Boris Johnson in, in private? Uh, you know, and it was difficult for anyone who, who, who did have any contact with the government, which is why Tom Tugendhat was enjoying that section uh, so much and why he was getting uh, applause uh, from, from the audience so regularly and it, you know there was a really good repost later from Kemi Badenoch when she said to Tom Toonhart actually you know you, you're just acting like someone complaining from the back of the class but we can hear that now. That's true I am an engineer and the, the way I think about these things is looking at the problem you're trying to solve I'm a systems thinker and it's uh, the, the truth is that there will always be difficult decisions very easy for Tom to say I didn't vote for this I didn't vote for that he didn't have any responsibility yeah. easy to sit at the back of the class and tell everybody what they're doing is wrong when he has to be a minister he's going to have to take difficult decisions I think I'm responsible to the British people who voted for me and what about Penny Mordaunt James because Rishi Sunak in a way he was in the podium in the centre, which I think helped add to this sense that he was one of the adults in the debate. Um, you often saw him, particularly on the economy, as Isabel said, taking charge. But Penny Mordaunt is now seen as a serious contender, the favourite, according to some. But at times, to me at least, it felt, it felt as though she was failing to cut through or, or dominate the debate in the way that Sunak did. Oh, it was interesting. Penny Mordaunt seems to take the conscious decision not to insert herself into the debate. So she didn't try and jump in on questions. She kind of let the questions come to her. And I, I think there is a, perhaps a question about whether that's the right strategy when you've got a target on her back. You saw both Liz Truss and, and Kevin Madnock trying to take lumps out of Penny Mordaunt. And I think she might have been better to have said, to push herself into the centre of the debate more than she did. And Isabel, what about Kemi Badenoch? Because she is seen as probably one of the outside candidates. She mentioned Tom Tugendhat, and effectively the fact he was able to differentiate himself by ultimately opposing lots of the government measures, which is not necessarily going to sit as well with MPs as it did the audience. Lots of MPs do have to go along with the government message. But did Kemi Badenoch, as one of the other outsiders, manage to make a mark? I think she looked like she was enjoying that debate in a way that Liz Truss, for instance, didn't. And perhaps that's because uh, she knows that, that really what this uh, leadership contest is going to do for her 
is raise her profile enormously to the extent that she will get or you know will be considered to deserve a, a really a, a really big job within government her point repeatedly about uh, being honest with people as she said you know an end to cakeism under her leadership she said that uh, to a certain extent people have been promoted based on loyalty rather than their suitability for the job under Boris Johnson you know all, all of that sounded great but it did um, James made this comparison in a blog earlier when it came to Penny Morden it did remind me a little bit of Nick Clegg in the sort of oh look at them they're all the same and I'm different and uh, Later, we got on to uh, sort of media policy discussion rather than talking about trust and integrity. And she pledged to raise the prestige of social care and to uh, reform the system there. Well, you know, great, hurrah. But where's the evidence that she'd be able to do that? Because no one has done that since the 1990s. And I think if you're going to make that promise from now on, you have to actually offer some kind of evidence that you know what on earth is going on. Um, which I'm, I'm not sure, I have to say, any of the candidates did on, on sort of public sector reform. Now, I want to ask about Liz Truss, but bef- before we do, I've just seen the breaking snap debate poll. And um, this is an opinion poll. They asked over 1,000 normal voters to watch the debate and say who they thought performed best. So these are general voters, not Tory voters or Tory members. The results, Tom Tugendhat won on 36%. Rishi Sunak was in second place on 25%. And then... In joint third was Penny Morden and Kemi Badenoch on just 12% and Liz Truss is on 6%. Before we talk about Truss specifically, James, what do you make of that polling? Well, I think Tom Tugendhat had in some ways the easiest job tonight because he's not been part of a government for the last few years. And that is obviously part of his campaign message, that he is a clean start, he is not part of his same government. But that, I think, is why he finds it easiest to connect with the public, because he can disown basically every decision the Tories have taken since 2019, which is more difficult for any of the cabinet, people who served in government. And James, that is interesting you say that, because in a way, if, if the, these are voters across the spectrum watching it, um, Tom Tegnat effectively was at points disowning himself from the government agenda, which means it's a bit harder to read how had fair if he was prime minister. Yeah, and also I think that you, I, I think that to be realistic, the Tories cannot run for re-election in twenty twenty four, saying the first two and a half years of this parliament, you know, who was in charge, not us. I mean, that that's just not a credible strategy. I think it is interesting among those who served in government about where they fare. I think there is obviously a worry for Liz Truss about where she comes in this. And as for on Liz Truss, we know ahead of this debate, there is a debate going on on the right of the party as to which candidate to get behind. Liz Truss has been ahead in MP nominations in both the first and second round of the contest. But Kemi Badenoch is not that far behind. We've had lots of messages from senior Tories, such as David Frost, suggesting Kemi Badenoch should get behind Liz Truss. But do you think today's debate helped Liz Truss or hindered her when it comes to that message? I don't think it. I don't think it helped her. I don't think she had a convincing enough answer on her economic plan, even for uh, those conservatives on the right who are very anxious to see tax cuts. I think there's a, a likability issue here uh, for the general public, which the Conservative Party membership may not struggle with in the same way. Trust comes out very well in 
in polls of, of Conservative members on Conservative home and so on. And so there will now be, I think, a lot of soul-searching from those Conservative MPs, including, I think, you know, those who've, who've backed her, whatever, who are thinking, well, actually, you know, wh- what are we aiming for here? Are we aiming for the candidate who can beat Rishi Sunak in the final two? Could she beat Rishi Sunak in the final two, actually, given the way the pair interacted on um, on the economy this evening, I know, Katie, you reported a, a source saying that this showed actually that they were the two heavyweights on the economy. But I, I think we could probably say really reasonably confidently that uh, Sunak weighed heavier um, at the end of that debate. And so does this represent a blow to the confidence of her campaign, which has not had the pizzazz that I think um, she would have liked by this stage? Which I suppose that there's a sort of irony there, because we, we had earlier the, the Conservative home leadership hustings where um, the candidates all came out with their absurd answers on what their greatest weaknesses were and Trust said that she was extremely enthusiastic. Um, Now I'm not sure that came across today in in the hustings. And finally I'm going to ask for just a name from both of you, actually two names. Could you tell me who you think the the winner and the loser from tonight's debate is? James do you want to go first? Well the poll, I think, would suggest that Tom Tugendhat is the winner of the poll, which is true. I think mean, the challenge for him is it's quite hard to see what his route to 120 MPs and therefore a place in the final two is. I think in terms of a loser, I think Liz Truss is under pressure in this campaign. And there's already, you can see, a kind of a, a row among Suella Braverman supporters about whether they should move on block to him or not. And it won't help her that she performed the way that she did in this debate while Kemi Badenoch did better than her and I mean that that will be a worry I think for at, at Tross HQ. Isabel? Yeah thanks thanks for asking us for, for this question Katie rather than asking us who, you, who we think is going to win because uh, I've given up on political predictions because it's it's very dangerous. I agree with James, obviously, the, the point about the poll and Tom Tugendhat winning the poll, and in terms of his sort of career trajectory, if if he wants to, to get out of select committee dumb and move into government, then this has probably been quite good for him in the sense that, again, it's raised his profile. I think for, for Liz Truss and for Penny Mordaunt, actually, they're probably the sort of fighting... They've been fighting very... Um, uh, aggressively throughout this campaign, but they're probably now fighting to be the losers from this debate, at least. And for what it's worth, I would say, I mean, I agree with you in terms of under pressure on the right for Liz Truss, but also Kemi Badenoch, I think there was a opportunity for her to co- come out as a breakout star. Uh, and actually, according to that poll, at least, I mean, I think her message will land well with members, but it's not that she is drastically surging ahead of Liz Truss. I think in terms of the winner, after lots of criticism in recent days of Rishi Sunak and his campaign, I think he is, I think this will send an important signal to his supporters and those working out who they want in the final two, that he is a stable option and someone they can rely on, who is less likely to implode than some of the other candidates, if you think about a long campaign over the summer. So with that, thank you, Isabel. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.